So you've sold two roofers. You've sold four roofers since. And now it's a full circle for you. You just never know who's going to be on top or on bottom a year from now, three years, five years from now. How do you open an office without permission? Can I go down to Florida and make some money in the meantime? All the snowbirds fly back up north come May. And they said, okay, go ahead. So you've been screwed twice by two companies. 80% of contractors, they say, go out of business in the first two years. Why? Well, no matter what we feel about somebody, we should all be professionals. Every saint has a past and every sinner has a future, right? So in my head, I've been trying to figure out how do I help fix the problems that I've run into. I've had to learn to be a little wiser and to take those things as a paid lesson. David Summerlin, I think you're the, going, brother? you're the perfect candidate to talk about our crazy industry. How many years have you been in the industry so far? So I'm coming on seven years now. Seven years. Uh, how did you get in the industry? So I was in marketing on the phone, inside sales for marketing, selling to roofers, uh, Dex Media, which became YP and now it's Thrive. And I had a contractor that I hit up that it was a long process to get to who I got to. And somebody told me not to call Sears that I was wasting my time, but my boss was pushing me to just make dials. So I was like, I'm calling him. I, ironically, calling Sears, the guy pushed me to another guy who pushed me to another guy. And turned out they had basically two sides of their business. One side was new construction. And the other side was install only for big companies like Home Depot and Lowe's. And the new construction side, I sold them our... Dex Hub Premium. It was our top product, and I was so proud and happy. Uh, they were local, and in doing that, uh, I got some props from work, obviously, and I was really excited. Well, it turned out they were splitting their business in half, and so the side that was new construction went off to do their thing. The install-only side called me and said, hey, we want to turn our install-only company into a sales company. And so we would like you to come by here and get us helped out. And I was like, great, I'm going to sell another Dex Hub Premium. Yeah. So I go by there not knowing it's an interview. And so he goes over storm restoration, roofing, all these things. It was a lot of new fire hose information for me and asked me to come work for them. And I was like, hey, thank you so much. I'm honored. Got a guy for you. I'll refer over. I don't know anything about roofing or storm restoration. He said, hey, man, that's stuff I can teach you in five minutes. When you call me, you actually care about me. When I call you, you actually pick up the phone. That's the kind of guy I need to hire. You're that guy. Come work here. Let me think about it. Got back to him. All right, let's do it. Jumped in. He had like six or seven Facebook pages, all with his political rants on all of them. Had me combine them all into one, take all the political stuff off of there, and then help him build that into a sales organization. Brought over a bunch of guys from Sears. And while they were sitting around, waiting for leads. I just went out and started knocking doors. I had a lot of experience when I was younger about knocking doors. And so I just went out and started doing it. They were making fun of me in the group text that thinking I was sitting at home uh, asleep still. And then I walked in that night with a giant stack of contracts and they all shut up from there and knew that they needed to get out and get some work done too. And that's how I got started. Love the story. So you've sold two roofers you've sold four roofers since and now it's a full circle for you uh you essentially came back 
to sell into roofers. Now you're working for Square Dash, you work for other brands. There's a lesson right. there. Too. Lesson number one, gem number one today is always be recruiting. I love when people recruit within your circles. Like I do the same thing. You go to Wells Fargo Bank, you go to your Home Depot, you see a good rap, you see someone on the other side of the phone who's doing their job well. I don't know. How do you feel about it? How do you feel about making offer to people who you do business with? How is it ethical? Not ethical? Is it appropriate? So two things. One, I'm with you. Always be recruiting. When I'm at Wendy's or a restaurant of any kind or anywhere where I'm getting service, I'm paying attention to how they treat me and how they treat others. If they are amazing, if the service is phenomenal, there's a chance they can be taught the sales part of it or whatever role they might be good for. Those are the kind of people I would like if I'm going to recruit for an organization. I've recruited for canvassing teams at multiple companies. I look for people that are easy to work with and friendly. That's what's most important for me. And so people, but also uh, I worked with a guy years ago that always, he taught me ABI, always be interviewing. So even if I'm looking for people to recruit, you never know what's, what's on the end. You know, I worked for a public adjuster, right? To go out and do inspections for them. And the guy that owned the company used to work for the guy that was working for him doing inspections. You just never know who's going to be on top or on bottom a year from now, three years, five years from now. And so keep, keep humble because you never know where things are going to go. But then also always be interviewing for everything. The guy that had told me that ABI, he w came in to sell them cleaning service at the pest control company I was at at the time. And he did such a phenomenal job at that product that he was selling that the guy asked him to come over and be a general manager at his company for like twice what he was making. And he wasn't there for an interview. He was just there to sell a service, but he did such a phenomenal job that he got picked up immediately. What happened to your uh, roofing sales position? How did you move from there? What did you do? Mm -hmm. So great company, great product. Absolutely love it. Uh, at the end of the day, people make the business decisions, good or bad. I hope the best for them. Uh, I don't know how that's going to go for them. Uh, there might be some fallout. They might, hell, they might grow uh, even more. Good for them. Uh, yeah, uh, I worked my butt off and I was a little shocked by the change, but three months of not knowing how we were going to pay our bills and having to borrow some money to make sure the bills were paid and all those things, I'm in a way better position now, so I'm excited about it. Um, there's there's limitations on what I can say there, but at the end of the day, it's a phenomenal product. And oh, you're, talking, you're, talking about, you're talking about the year, Sheld. I was asking about <laughs> when you sell roofs, what happened to that job? Oh, gotcha. So the first company I worked for, man, awesome guy hired me. Told you about him. Ended up bringing in a business partner from that Sears team. And that was a great guy too. And then down the road, they did some Mad Sky deals. And they ended up getting themselves into a cash flow issue. And telling me that basically they didn't have money to pay me. And they just kept putting me off and putting me off and putting me off until they got outside of that two-year window. Where there was nothing I could do about it. And so they gave me like, I don't know, 2,500 bucks or something. They owed me like a hundred times that. Like <laughs> Ridiculous. Like I, I got a Golden Door Award there from D2D Con. They owed me for, for being the first roofing D2D Con Golden Door Award. <laughs> and they gave me like 2,500 bucks at the end of the day. And yeah, that was painful. And But you know what? It taught me something. 
I went out and worked so hard. I opened an office in Colorado for him, and then I ended up opening Wyoming without permission. I, I got in trouble for that, but I sold so much that they said no oh. problem, and they, they got a license oh, in Wait a second. How do you open the office without permission? So we opened Colorado, and they wanted it to be in Denver. It turned out we couldn't get licensed in Denver because there's a lot of rules there in Denver. So instead, we worked everything around proper uh, Denver. And then uh, I had some leads that I had up in Wyoming. And I went, ran up there and I sold them and sent them in. And they said, we, we don't work Wyoming. We don't have a license in Wyoming. What are you doing? And so I sold a lot of deals up there. You better figure it out. It's their pissed. But then they saw how many deals and how much money it was. And they were like, okay, can you get some more deals? <laughs> and so I went up and sold some more in Wyoming. We ended up killing it up there. We did a really good job. So uh, they ended up forgiving me for that and going and getting a license. But it took them like an extra month. What did you do after that? What was your next journey? So after they were not clearly not going to pay me, uh, we ended up parting ways. And uh, I ended up going and working for another company in Centennial uh, there in Colorado for, for a little over a year, I guess, or about a year. And they were, again, they did a bunch of Mads guys, had a cash flow issue, pay me, told me, hey, soon as storm season hits again in May, we'll have the money to pay you. Uh, just hold out till then. And I was like, all right, cool. Can I go down to Florida and make some money in the meantime? All the snowbirds fly back up north come May. And they said, okay, go ahead. So I went down to Florida. They sent me a couple more checks and then told me that I abandoned my jobs and went to Florida. So therefore, they weren't going to pay me. And they gave all my money to another particular person that uh, a lot of people know. And it was kind of a painful experience, but I, I lost a lot of money there. Uh, they they still owe me a lot of money, and I don't think I'll ever see it. It's unfortunate, but uh, yeah. So, so you've been screwed twice by two companies. Like it's pretty common in the roofing industry. How do you explain it? How do you? You're a nice guy. Is it because you're a nice guy? People take advantage of you, and you don't fight for yourself. Why we have so many disputes between salespeople and the business owners, and why it's such a big common problem? Yeah, it's multifold. So partly that I first two companies did not get a contract. They said they'd give me a contract. I didn't wait. I just got started. And in the end, I never got my contract in either one of those companies. So I had nothing on paper to go back it up Two, I didn't go pursue it when it when it didn't go right. You know, I didn't go through liens or the courts or any of those things. Three is no chase each one of those deals as they were going. I just kept throwing them in the pipeline and stacking, you know, the stack star steel model, right? Well, I think the stack star steel model isn't always intentional. I think that they're stacking and they don't mean to steal most of the time. I think what happens is they get in a cash flow crunch and, you know, you need almost as much money set aside as cash flow as you're trying to make. And they end up putting themselves in a predicament where they don't have the funds to pay you right away. Sales reps leave to go somewhere else to make money. And then all of a sudden, well, I had to pay somebody else to finish these jobs out. So should I really pay this guy or not? And I think that's a lot of what goes on. I don't think it's always intentional. Every one of the guys that's not paid me, except for a guy that recruited me as a salesman. He was a salesman that recruited me at one place. That was kind of a bad deal. But everyone else that I've run into this issue with in the industry, they've been great guys. And something just went squirrely. And I really think it was just a cash flow issue. And they didn't know how to tell me. I see. What was your best job in the past seven years? Uh, 
absolutely was in love with Euroshield. Phenomenal product, just amazing. Um, but now that I'm at Square Dash and I see what we're doing and how it's going to affect the industry, it's got to be the one I'm on right now. It's this is going to change a lot of things for a lot of people. It's the biggest issue in our industry. 80% of contractors, they say, go out of business in the first two years. Why? They say almost always it's because of cash flow. And now we're solving that problem. Yeah. Rumor has it, and I have to ask. If I don't ask, I'll be sure. bad viewers. So people, people, I've heard that you've been, I mean, we see a lot of beef between uh, Joshua Miller and TJ. And uh, rumor has it that TJ has you fired. Is it true or false or so that's a fair question at the end of the day he's not a manager or a leader of any kind and so there's no way for him to fire me uh Euroshield made their decision uh it may have been influenced by things that were said and promises maybe were made who knows but at the end of the day tj didn't fire me tj's not a manager or a leader of any kind what do you think about that uh like honestly i hate drama like people will be surprised to hear it from me but i cannot stand it as a matter of fact we had a uh discussion today with my media team with my video guys and we're filming news and we have three companies so we have you know seven ten news pieces and three of them was bad contractors and i told my media guys like this is exhausting i don't want to cover bad news anymore unfortunately and i even told my script writer can you find positive news? It's Christmas Eve. I want to cover more positive news. There's just not enough. There's definitely big lack of positive news to cover. And when you do the stories every week, like you have to work with what you have. But back to TJ and uh, Joshua Miller, as I was seeing it, like it's the most toxic uh, back and forth I've seen in a long time. I cannot stand it. Uh I don't think it's appropriate for the industry. What? But I was curious. What do you say to that? Like, what do you see? Like, wh what caused it? And how do if we? It bleeds. It leads. Right. Uh, what caused it is Joshua Miller called him out because he's like, "Hey, if you're going to call yourself the world's greatest," and he didn't really refer to him directly. It's it's in, assumed or implied by others, right? He he basically said, "If you're going to call yourself the world's greatest, shouldn't you have to kind of actually prove that and actually go do something?" Uh, you know, I, I walked, I drove by a uh, world's greatest brownies one day and I was like, well, probably not true, but at least they make brownies. But Joshua said, Hey, if you're going to say you're the world's greatest, shouldn't you have to kind of back that up? And I gave my insight on concept, and he turned around and screenshot it, and sent it to my boss trying to get me fired. And that did not go over well. And that's when Josh really went after him hard. Maybe he went a little too far. And I, I gave my own opinion on that with Josh. He's been real, real good about being, hey, no problem. I'll back off a little bit. I, I did leave a comment on one of TJ's posts because they were just going so hard on him. And the comment was very positive. It's a great product. Don't ruin a brand over personal differences. It, you know, treat him like a human being and, and, and in a way that doesn't make you look bad. And I think that we should all do that. No matter what we feel about somebody, we should all be professionals. I agree. I think that's what we need. I mean, I make it my 2024 goal to restore relationships. Uh, I called out a lot of people based on, you know, not only news, but the record. Like, you know, if we catch you stealing money or whether it's salespeople or 
contractors or, you know, sub sales guys, you know, we're going to call you out. But even though you still, even those stories have to be treated with love. You still want to give people second chance, uh, opportunity to change, opportunity to make it right. I feel like oftentimes we just put a label in a person like, oh, are you a thief or you're a con artist or whatever. And sometimes it's the case. Sometimes people don't change. But I believe everybody needs a second chance. I just talked to a gentleman this morning over Zoom. He spent 10 years in jail, changed man, you know, very good guy. He's a director, a contractor. He is doing great things. Wasn't Some of the best contractor. people I know are felons, you know. Exactly. I would rather work with it. You know, I was watching yesterday BTK. Do you remember BTK, serial killer? You know, he was he was a director uh, in a church, like Lutheran church, director of a church, like member, like not a pastor, but very high. And then, you know, oftentimes it's saints who commit the <laughs> the worst crimes in private. Right. And it's, uh, you know, people who are balanced and, you know, who've done wrong things, but they're one of the best people in life. So Kaylee says all the time, every saint has a past and every sinner has a future, right? So people can go any kind of direction and we got to give people chances. Uh, you know, there comes a point where if it's a repeated pattern and there doesn't seem to be a change in character, you got to protect yourself as well. You know, the, there's been people in my past that I've forgiven with open arms. And then here I end up in this situation where I'm out of a job. And so at some point you got to go, okay, this is that person's character. You know, this the snake sheds its skin, but it only comes back as a bigger snake. I, I don't want to deal with that person anymore. If they want to come back as a better person in the future, we can talk at that time. But for now, hey, let's keep a little distance. I find it very interesting that you have worked for two companies who did not pay you. And the reason for that is a cash flow issue. And now you work at a company square dash what does square dash do how do you guys offer support to roofing companies so it's serendipity like in my head i've been trying to figure out how do i help fix the problems that i've run into you know i i've run into this pain point and i want to help fix this pain point and here i end up with this job that i can actually help with that it it works uh square dash does two things it's basically got two pillars and so one of those pillars is doing the billing, the AR for companies. And so basically we have people in a call center who they're on the phone with State Farm all day. And this other person's on the phone with Allstate all day. This other person's on the phone with mortgage company all day. That's all they're doing. And they can do it a lot more efficiently. They've got systems in place to collect that money faster than Susie at your front desk, who also has six other responsibilities, who should be pursuing new money, not chasing old money. And so the, the first pillar of what we're doing is collecting that money for you a lot faster. We charge a, a tiny amount per job. It ends up being cheaper than hiring a Susie at the front desk. And that's half of what we're doing. The other half is the funding. And so instead of waiting on money to come in, you know, the mortgage company and the insurance company and the mailman and all these people get in the way of you getting your money. And so the Insurance companies like, hey, you've got the free scope. We're going to email that over to you. Now we're going to snail mail you a check to the homeowner. The homeowner is going to set it on the counter for two weeks before they open it. They're going to open it, call you to ask what to do with it. Now they're going to sign it and send it off to the mortgage company who's going to try and sit on it forever. 
And all these things end up taking weeks to months to, for you to collect your money when we could have funded you day one. And so as soon as you've got an approved scope, you upload that to the portal, you've got your money and we get you paid right away. Now what happens because of that? Because of that, you can now go pay ABC and get a bigger discount because you paid within 10 days. You can be the first in the neighborhood to build so you get more jobs. You can pay that crew out of the check instead of out of your pocket. You can keep that salesman from running off telling everybody you didn't pay him or you weren't going to pay him. And he ends up in a PTSD cycle because he thinks everybody ripped him off. And in reality, you wanted to pay him. You planned on paying him. You just didn't have the cash yet. And you told him you had to wait for them to cap out. And he didn't understand how long it takes. Got it. Very cool. Well, you're very good at this job. I'm sold personally. If I would have a roofing company, I would definitely give it a try because the problem is real. Um, the solution is legit. Thank you for being part of the roofing process this year. And thank you for you. Thank you for what you do, man. And thank you for being a nice guy. I'm, I'm telling you this right now as a friend and as someone who observe you and know you and beat you in arm wrestling too. You are one of the nicest guys in the industry. Keep up the good work. We need more people like you. Like we have so many jerks and I love the culture that we build. You fit right in. I mean, if you've been a, if you remember a roofing process conference over the years, it's all nice people like you. But if you go to other places, you know exactly what I'm talking about and who I'm talking about. There's so many jerks. There's so many bad players. And thank you for being around all these years, brother. It's been great being your friend and learning from you, watching you grow. Like It's been absolutely amazing and inspiring. And it makes me want to do more and be more. So I appreciate you. And I hope even if you're not doing the conference this next year, whether you do or you do not, I'm watching you grow directory. I'm watching you grow roofing insights and anything else that you're involved in. And you just, I know you're inspiring a lot of us and trying to make the industry better. And I'm with it. I'm for it. And everything I can do to help you or anybody else, let's go. What? Who was your favorite speaker at the roofing process this year? So I didn't end up getting to see most of it because I was working the booth. Uh, but your the end was moving, extremely moving. Um, we ended up in some of the pictures at the very end. So we were in there for that. And man, it just made me like, oh, no, no, I want you to have the conference again this next year because it was so moving. So it was huge. I know from the people who did get to be in on all of the different ones. And to my pleasant surprise, uh, Andy Elliott, a lot of people were really revved up and moved by that guy. I thought that he might really just tick a bunch of people off. And instead, so many people came out of there just pumped, ready to go. And that says a lot for him. It was crazy. Like, I, I got so much heat. Even to this day, I do. He, like, even just sharing, saying, hey, there's recordings available. And people like, I will never do anything with Andy Elliott. And it's exactly what it was. Like, you know, people like Nate Sweepy, the nicest guy, is coming. like, hey, I know you booked him because of guys like me. I was the only one in the room. Like, I just... Like the way I do things, I never think about myself. I think about audience and what they need to hear. And it was a tough call, but I'm like, what do these nice people need to hear? And the yeah. answer jar, was, jar them out of their complacency. Exactly. Absolutely. They they, they need tools to fight the bad guys. You cannot you can be a nice guy and you can have nice principles, but you need mental toughness and few other things to be able to compete in the marketplace with the jerks. Absolutely. Yeah. 
and you got to become wise, right? I, I, in the past, have been a little bit naive. I've overlooked red flags. I've given people the benefit of the doubt, and that's okay. But I have to understand that there's consequences to doing so. So are you going to be tough enough to be okay with that? Or are you going to whine, bitch, moan, and complain about it? You know what I mean? And so I've had to learn to be a little wiser and to take those things as a paid lesson. Wow. Thank you, brother, so much for doing this today. I wish you best of luck in your journey. See you around. And there's going to be no more roofing process conference, but I'll see you at IRE probably and a few other events. You got it. Love it. See you later, buddy. Thank you, brother.